You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 270. Dorsey Ross and the story we all tell. We all have one, and they're all beautiful, friends. Hey friends, welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I am always as your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad that you've been able to find the show, download it, and if you have a moment, just, just let a friend know. Maybe if you hear this episode, text a friend, let them let them uh, hear it as well. So hey, you should really be listening to halfway there and we'll share with them what it means to you on your journey as well. Uh, as always, friends, we have a great guest today. He's a fellow podcaster. He's got his his uh, own ministry, Dorsey Ross. Dorsey, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you, William McCurdick, for having me. I appreciate it. I am excited to have you with us. I can't wait to hear your story and uh, kind of dive into all that. You, of course, are a fellow podcaster. What? Um, t- tell us about your podcast and what you try to do with it. Yeah, my, my podcast is just called Dorsey or So, and I just have, you know, trying to have inspirational guests on there to inspire and to encourage my listeners and to allowing them to know that we're all out there. We're all dealing with, you know, issues in our lives and we're all dealing with things that we struggle with and that we can overcome those struggles and overcome those issues that we, that we deal with. Yeah, absolutely. We, we all have issues. And um, so that's, that's powerful. And I love that you're trying, you want to inspire others. All right, well, let's discuss, let's hear your story and get in into your story. Where, where are you from? I am from Queens, New York originally. I lived out there most of my life, and then back in 2007, I moved out to Long Island, New York, and now I'm living just last November, I moved to uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, and now I'm living in Pennsylvania now. Okay, that's good. So New York, huh? That's fun. It is. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a fun place. I got I to gotta get back there soon. Well, where... Um, so tell me, tell me your story. Kind of get, get, take us into your story, what your family was like, and and kind of how you came to meet the Lord. Right. Well, I'm I was born with a birth defect called Aprit syndrome, which is a birth defect that the hands and the face. And I was born, my forehead was pushed out with my eyes and nose were pushed back, and my head and my fingers and toes were fused. The academy had no individual movement of them. And at the time I was born, my parents were, you know, even previous, you know, previous to that, my parents were not expecting to have another child. They were, you know, older in age and they, you know, were not expecting to have another child. And my mom started to gain weight. And she, you know, went to the doctor thinking that she had some type of a tumor or some type of medical issue. And the doctor told her, well, you don't have a, you know, any type of tumor, any type of cancer, but you do 
you are, you know, a few weeks pregnant. And after I was born, the doctors, you know, rushed me off to examine me because they were not aware that I was going to be born with this congenital birth defect. Yeah. And they examined me and they looked me over and they also found out that I had no sore spot and no skull opening to allow my brain to grow and allow it to function normally. Oh, wow. And because of that, the doctors said, you know, he eventually become brain dead and that I wouldn't survive. And that the best option for my parents would be to sign the papers over to the state or to the hospital and to, you know, to leave me in the, in the hospital and that they would eventually put me into a institution. But thankfully, my parents are both, you know, faith-based people and believed in, in God, <coughs> believed in God and said, you know, we can't do that. We're not going to put our son into any type of hospital or any type of institution. So they decided to take me home and see what, you know, God was going to do in my life and I had my first of many operations at six weeks of age to open the skull and to allow my brain to grow and allow it to function normally. And from about six weeks to about five years old, I had about 10 operations, some of them lasting up to 10 hours at a time. And over my lifetime, I've had 68 operations. Oh, wow, that's a lot. So that's kind of your whole life. Like that's like that's just a that's kind of part of your reality, right? Is doing medical medical things. I'm really fascinated by your by your parents. What did they? How did they relate that story to you? Is that how they told it? And what what does that mean to you? Because for them to to you know, and they're given kind of I guess an option to say, well, you know, you don't have to care for this baby um and they were like no that that's what we want to do uh that in trust apparently right in, in the lord yeah what what does that mean to you what is that and and how that story come to you right well it came you know obviously it came to me through my through my mom and through my dad at times and it means a lot to me because you know who knows what would have happened you know if they did say Okay, well, you know, we'll find the papers. We'll go leave them here. You know, I, I probably more than likely wouldn't be here today if it wasn't, right. you know, for them, to, you know, saying, hey, we'll, you know, we'll take them home and we'll, you know, we'll see what, what happens. You know, he may survive. He may not survive. He, you know, doctors at even one point told my parents, hey, he's not going to live past the age of 18. And in January of this coming year, I'll be 45. There you go. Yeah. So you exceeded ex- all expectations. That's good. I did. <laughs> That's good. Well, you're only about, uh, uh, I don't know, four or, five, four or five months younger than me. So okay. I was born in September 76. So okay. just a little bit uh, a little bit ahead. Um, so I get that. I, I, was, I was born early, but that's a whole other story. So, um, 
Dorsey, so tell me, okay, so that's that's kind of the where this came about. So what was life like? I mean, as a kid growing up, you know, going through a lot of medical things, that must have been kind of kind of difficult, even though you probably didn't know any better. What what, did, what does that mean? Tell us that story. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was difficult, you know, especially with, you know, the kids and young people, you know, especially the teenagers as I got older, you know, that would, you know, bully me and make fun of me and, you know, pick on me. And, mm. you know, they would call me names like monster and freak. And yeah, I was in and out of the hospital a lot for, you know, a lot of my life. But even with that, my parents, you know, allowed me to live as normal as a life as I could. You know, they allowed me to, it was part of a um, disability um, league, bowling and baseball league for people with disabilities, but they allowed me to be a part of that. They allowed me to, you know, go out in the street and hang out with the friends in, in the neighborhood that I had and play football and play hockey and play baseball and be, do all these things, even though sometimes they may not have known or, you know, realized, you know, if if Dorsey falls and which I did at times and cracks his head, it may not be good for him, you know. And yeah. they would have to, you know, rush me off to the hospital at times because I did. And I would come out of the operating um the ER ED with the big banner on his head and I'll be saying to my dad, I guess I'm not playing football for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, so were your it sounds like your parents were faithful believers. Like what what was your kind of experience? Uh, with God, and how, when did your faith kind of become your own? Yeah, I, I well, I grew up in the church, you know, and um, but I gave you know my life to Christ at eight, at the age of thirteen. At a you know, I believe it was a Sunday morning, you know, prayer uh, worship service, and you know that's when I started to, you know, believe in you know more you know faithfully more believe in Him and understand Him and you know, start to realize, you know, why he, you know, made me the way that he did, you know, even though I still, I still questioned it and I still wondered about it. I still asked God, you know, why, why would you make me this way? Why would you allow me to be born this way? You know, why would you allow me to go through all that I'm dealing with in my life? But I realized that you know, in the end, that he has he he has a greater plan and a greater purpose for, you know, for my life. Yeah. So tell me about some of those times when you were struggling with asking God, like, why? Because so one of the, one of the things I really like to hear about, usually I ask it a little later, but is about kind of the dark night of the soul, um, which is one of those times when God refines us, but you kind of had adversity out of the gate. So what, you know, how, how'd that go? Tell some of those stories. Yeah. I mean, I was just realize, you know, I think God was going you know, refine me and realize that, you know, as it says in Psalm 139, that he created us in our mother's room. So he created me, you know, inside my mother's room and that he made me this way, you know, as his, 
masterpiece and as his creation. And, you know, we may not fully understand why, you know, it's, it's difficult at times to understand why God would, you know, allow people to be born with a disability, be born, you know, with different issues in their life when it's, but, you know, I just have to know and to realize that, you know, it's all part of his, his plan and his purpose for my life. I'm curious about where, so how did you, so you gave your life to Christ at 13, then where did it go from there and how did you start to learn, you know, the Bible, kind of, I call it the way of Jesus. How did you start to learn that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think going to youth group helped, you know, even, I, you know, I went to youth group as often as I could when I wasn't, you know, in my high school playing, playing hockey, you know, I went to the youth group, which, you know, which helped, you know, I think that was a big part of, you know, helping me to grow and helping me to, you know, to learn more about God and learn more about who, you know, who he is and who, what, you know, what, who he was and what he had for my, for my life. And it definitely helped in my growth and my, in my spiritual growth as well. Yeah. So what'd you do after high school? Well, you know, when I was growing up, you know, especially in my later teenage years, I, you know, was part of the youth group and enjoyed going to the youth group and everything. I started to feel, you know, a call God on my life to become, possibly become a, a youth pastor. And as I started to get ready to graduate high school, I, because I went to school for people with disabilities, I had to have a meeting to determine what I would do after I graduated. And at this meeting, my high school history teacher was there and he was asked, you know, do you think that Dorsey will be able to make it in college? And he said, no, I don't think that Dorsey will be able to make it in college. I don't think he has the ability to make it in college because I didn't do all that well on certain tests and certain subjects and certain, you know, certain things. And, you know, when it comes to my education, it comes to schooling. And, you know, the, in the meeting, they asked me, and I said, yeah, I, I think I can, I can make it. And then my, my mom was there, and she, she asked the she same question. She said, if, you know, Dorsey thinks he can, make it he will and so I started to attend uh Queensborough Community College and you know even during that time I asked my mom I said how long do you think it will take me to finish college and she said I don't she said I don't care if it takes you 10 years as long as you finish hmm. wow and you know, the first couple of weeks of community college was not easy for me. It was difficult for me and hard and I struggled and, you know, didn't feel well at night. And, you know, was upset about not knowing what to expect and everything. And I found out that they had a Kyle Christian group on that campus. And it was a weekly, you know, Bible study group. 
and I went to that meeting. And from the first time I went to that meeting till four years later when I graduated, you know, I would, I would get nervous and I would get anxious at times, but the sickness and anxiety that I faced at night was not as prevalent as it was when I, when I started. And I think that that Bible study group helped, you know, to comfort me and to encourage me. And I made, you know, new friends and I still have friends that I know to this day. And even after four years of community college, I still felt, you know, like God had greater things in store for my life to, to go on to Bible college. And I went, which is not too far from where I live now, I started to attend the University of Valley Fork. <clears throat> University of Valley Fork. Oh, yeah. That's really, really fascinating. How many classes did you take at a time? Um, it would depend. I I know it was probably minimum at least or maximum at least three, you know. Okay. I think at one time I took four and then I was like, I'm crazy for doing this. Let me, let me cut it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it took you a little a little longer, but you still did it. Right. You finished you finished college. I love that. Yeah. Um I love that is you know, on your website, it says your life saying is that can't is not in my vocabulary. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, well, you know, it's very rare that, you know, if you, get, if you get to know me enough, you know, long enough, you'll hear that I don't use that word that often, if at all. And I say that because, you know, every obstacle that's been put in front of me I, I would never say that I can't, you know, do that or I'm not going to be able to, to do that. You know, like, you know, I can't lift my hand above my head. So, yeah. you know, people might instinctively think, well, Dorsey's not going to be able to or can't play basketball. But I'll be, I'll be willing to go out you know, and play basketball. I may not be able to shoot or I may not be able to get it in the in the basket all the time, but I'll be willing to at least go out and try. And that's yeah. the same thing with a, a rock climbing wall. I may not be able to do it the best like everybody else, but I'll be able to at least be willing to go out and try <clears throat> and do a, a rock climbing wall. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I love about that because I think so many of us have these kinds of, we have these obstacles, right? We we, we have these, men, and they're really just mental barriers to things where we think, oh, I can't do that. I can't go and get that degree or I can't, you know, do take on that hard challenge. I can't run a marathon, whatever it is. And the reality is if we would just try, we would just de- dedicate it to ourselves, even if we don't make it, right? There's that saying, um, if you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, at least you'll make, you'll be among the stars, right? right? Like, yeah. like that, that whole thing, at least if you, if you try, you get to have the experience. And I, I hear you saying that you've kind of had to develop that throughout your life. Right. 
I did, yeah. and that you know, a big part of you know my development with that was, you know, was my parents. You know, mm. they didn't stop me. They didn't, you know, if I were to tell them, hey, I want to go and try this, they wouldn't. They wouldn't tell me, no, you know, don't do that. You know, you're gonna get hurt, or no, you know, you're not going to be able to to do that. Okay, okay, go ahead and try it. You know. Yeah. Even even with schooling. You know, they could have easily said, Dorsey, there's no way you're going to be able to make it in, in college. But they didn't. They said, you know, if he thinks he can make it, he will. It may yeah. have taken, you know, between community college and Bible college, it may have taken me, you know, nine years to finish. But I did. And I got two associates and one bachelor's degree, you know, to prove it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it took me nine years to get a three-year degree, so okay. you're, not, you're in good company. <laughs> but uh, totally. So, okay, so you went to to Bible college. Tell me about that, and like, what what did you learn there, and how did that shape your faith? Yeah, I mean, you you know, it was diff- you know, again, it was difficult. With um, you know, I learned about a lot about youth, and learned about a lot about you know how to do how to prepare sermons and you know, theology and all that, you know, all that fun stuff and about, you know, you know, the background of the Bible and who wrote the Bible, you know, all the normal, you know, regular stuff they, you know, that they teach you in Bible college and, you know, a big, big, you know, learning experience to know more about the Bible and learn more about, you know, you know, who God is and how, you know, who, what God can do, you know, for us and how, you know, how he created us and everything. Yeah. So I'm curious, did it challenge any of your beliefs? I know for a lot of us, uh, for a lot of people, when you go and you start studying the Bible, you learn some things, right? You learn, so you learn uh, why some things weren't as simple as they told you in Sunday school. right? Right, right. Uh, but was that, was that period really formative for you? Like how, how did God show up during that season? Yeah, well, it was it definitely was formative, and one of the one of the hardest things for me during Bible college, you know, was the fact that my mom passed away in two thousand two, during mm-hmm. the time that I was in Bible college, and you know, even at that time, um, you know, you start asking, you know, again, start questioning. At least I did, you know. God, why? Why would you, you know, why would you take my mom at such a young age? Why would you allow this to happen, especially, you know, in this time of my of my life? You know. And but God, you know, reminded me, you know, he said, regardless of what happens in life, you know, I'm still, I'm still God, I'm still in in control, no matter what you face, no matter what you go through in your in your life, I'm, you know, I'm still here for you. Yeah. Well, that's always a, a tough thing to wrestle with anyway, you know, losing a parent for sure. And finding that, that going through that grieving process and finding that peace is, is really important. Um, okay. So then, then what did you do? What happened well, after that? Well, I started to try to go on some interviews to, become a youth pastor and look into that possibility. But those doors kept, you know, kept closing and kept, you know, 
kept on closing and I, you know, decided to go home and, you know, be with my dad and live, you know, live with him and everything. And then I was given an opportunity to share my story on an outreach event. And that's how, you know, what I do now formed was through that, was through that opportunity to, to share my, to share my story and to share what, what God has brought me through. And that's what I've been doing for the last 14 years is sharing my story all across, you know, all across the, the country. Yeah, that's pretty good. How'd that come about? I, it was an outreach event that my church put on. And, ah. you know, they asked people to, you know, that wanted to, to share their, their story. And I, you know, I said that I would be willing to do that. And I was in Blair, you know, at one point during that time. And, you know, through, through that Blair time, you know, God gave me the, the intent, you know, the, you know, the, you know, speaking through the Holy Spirit saying, hey, send this out and see what, I, see what I will do with it. And I put together a packet and got, you know, the permission from the pastor and through the, the leadership of my, you know, denomination. And I started to call call pastors, which I still do today. And, you know, just asking for speaking opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. So you just said yes, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. What doors did that open for you? It opened up a lot of doors for me to, you know, to, to come usually at a, you know, Sunday morning service and to share my story and share what share about, you know, about my life. Yeah. What do you, so obviously besides growing, you're growing up and, and your, you know, um, kind of struggles there. Like what, what, what else do you like to share? Well, you sometimes I'll share, you know, just a regular, you know, regular sermon about, you know, I'll use different, different Bible stories from the Bible, what, you know, whatever I feel God leading me to, to share for that particular for that particular service. Are there any particular uh, Bible passages or books or mentors that you've had that have really, really shaped kind of your journey? Well, I love, you know, the story in, you know, of uh, Paul Thorne in the flesh, you know, because we talk about, you know, Paul, you know, having a thorn in his flesh and saying, you know, my grace is not for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And we don't know what Paul Thorne in the flesh was, but you know, I look in my in my own life and say, well, we may not know what his was, but mine, you know, my thorn in my flesh is my is my is physical, is my is my disability. Yeah. Yeah, which um right, I guess I can see where you would totally relate to that kind of on a on a very personal level. Where, where not all of us can. What do you, so what do you do with that? You know, you, we talked a little bit about that with the, with the Lord and how you've kind of had to wrestle with it. But what do you, what, what do you do with that kind of practically? And how do you, how does that, how's it made, how's your disability made you more 
um, dependent on the Lord? And how how's that kind of, how do you think that's kind of shaped your interactions with him? I just have to realize that, you know, that he's the one that's going to give me the strength to do what it is that, you know, he wants me to do. So I have to look to him to give me that strength, to give me that encouragement, to give me that perseverance to to keep going and keep, you know, getting up every day, to keep living every day. To know, you know, to know that, you know, I'm here for, you know, a reason to know that he has greater things in store for for my life. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Well tell me tell me about your podcast and kind of how you, why you started podcasting. I started that really on a whim. Um somebody had emailed somebody had interviewed me uh, uh for their podcast. And you know, I, I was like, well, you know, let me let me check this out, see what you know, see what all this podcasting is about. And I started it in January of 2020, I think it was. And I just, you know, started randomly, you know, once in a while doing it and and then I looked into it more and more and started to get more guests on the show. And you know, the past year has been, you know, great having new guests on the show on a bi-weekly basis and it's starting to, you know, really pick up steam. Yeah, that's good. Well, what's your what have you learned from podcasting? I think I learned that we all have a story to tell. You know, we all have a story to tell that every you know that people mm-hmm. need to to hear, that people need to know about. Do you have like a favorite episode or one that stands out to you? I do. I have one one of my favorites a couple of weeks ago. It was a former um, not former, but someone that I used to go to church with um, a couple of weeks ago. I interviewed her, and her story is unique because she, you know, was grew up in the alcoholic, you know, background, you know, drug drug addiction when she was young, you know, was into you know witchcraft and Satanism and all these things, you know, very at one point even very sexually, you know, confused. And, you know, making how, you know, she was finally asked by someone to, you know, go, come to a Bible study, you know, and she went to the Bible study and eventually, you know, God turned her life around and now she's in church, she's, Married, about to give, <clears throat> about to give birth to her first baby, and he's on the on the wicked team. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So, um, what's your message like when you go out and and speak and share your story? Like, what's how do you kind of summarize it? What's your what's your message for people? I would say that we got all things are possible, and that we need to, you know look to him and know that, you know, when we're going through troubles and we're going through trials, that he is our hope and he is our, he is our peace when everything in life seems to be crumbling, you know, down around us. Yeah, 
Yeah. I love that. He's our hope. He's our peace. That is absolutely right. And because there's a lot of things that don't go right, <laughs> right? Yeah. In life. We all, we all have to deal with those and a half. <laughs> Right. How's that affected you? Well, it affected me, you know, definitely with everything cutting down, it affected me with not having, you know, not having a lot of speaking engagement and not having a lot of opportunities to go out and and speak and to and to minister, and that you know that affected me not only with that but with my you know financially and everything else. Yeah, that's my main you know my main source of uh, of income with that. Is your speaking opportunities right? Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe somebody out there will hear this and say, "Hey, we need to have Dorsey come in and." And hear his story. He can share it with us. Absolutely. What what would uh, what would you tell them? Like, where, where can people contact you and, and hear your hear more? Yeah, they can contact me on my website at www.dorseyrossministries.com. All right. Well, again, your website is dorseyrossministries.com. So, friends, go check that out. I'll have it linked, of course, at the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com. As always. Uh, Dorsey, you also have a book I do. Uh, that you've you've written. and Is it available now? It is. It's available now. It's on my website. And I'm also on Amazon as well. Perfect. That's Overcomer. Uh, discovering God's plan against all odds. If that ministers to you, strikes something in your heart, go, go pick it up. I would encourage you to do that. Overcomer, Dorsey Ross. That is, uh, is great. Dorsey, is there anything you want to leave us with? Um, I would just say, you know, if whatever you guys are facing and whatever you guys are dealing with, you know, if, you know, obviously God can help you go, to go through it, but you also don't want to be alone, you know, when you're facing trials and when you're facing difficulties, to go and find somebody to, to talk to, go and find somebody to, that can be there with you to support you and to encourage you with the, you know whatever you whatever whatever you're dealing with in your in your life all right um dorsey thanks for being here i really appreciate it yeah thank you for having me 